uh, being here, it's an actual special time, and so we do a, a series or a message once a year where I just look backward at the year, and we try to thank God for what God did, and then we try to look forward to what we think God's asking of the church to do in this year. So that's what the video is about, and so um, I wish I could have gotten everybody. I always feel bad doing a video because I'm like, I miss this person, I miss this person, because there's a lot of you that showed up for a lot of different things, and a lot of those are just... Uh, cutting on the reel. So if I missed you, I'm sorry, but celebrate with us that those are the things that God did. So what I want to do is I want to give you a picture, not only of what God did, but who we are as a church and what it's like to be a part of a church, what it's, part, what it's like to be a part of a fellowship, a connection with who God is and how God's alive within a people group. And so to do that, it's, I'm going to try to boil this down and do it in a short way, but I've already warned the children's ministry, I might go over today, all right? Because there's a lot I want to cover with you and talk about as a church family. The first thing I want to just blow through, and it's in your notes if you've got the bulletin and you'll be able to follow along, is I wanted to let you know who we are and what we believe. Um, a lot of churches today, if you've been to churches, and I'm not trying to slam them, but a lot of churches have adopted a business philosophy. And what they will do is they'll tell you what their mission statement is, and what their purpose statement is. And that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. But I think the problem with those ideas is they're really made more for businesses and not for the church because the church should already know what its mission is. Jesus gave it to the church. And they should know what their purpose is because Jesus gave that to the church too. So I don't like to mess with what Jesus has already given. Does that make sense? So what I do like to do is let you know who we are as a unique gathering body. So here's what we believe. I think people want to know this. We believe that Christ-like humility based on that passage, when applied to the great commandment and the great commission that forms a great church. Doesn't matter where the church is, doesn't matter how large the church is, doesn't matter what the makeup of the church is, if they've got these qualities, that kind of humility that Jesus had, and that they love God and other people with the, the very being, and they want to go and engage in the mission that Jesus gave, that's the great commission, then that's a really good church. Don't care what their size is, don't care what their location is. That's what makes a good church. Now, who we are is we just really want to endeavor to be a New Testament church. And if you've not read the Bible, it's a great book. I recommend it. It's a collection of a lot of good books. There's one particular book. It's called the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, you get this snapshot it's almost like a little moment in time where you get to see what the very first church looked like. And that's Acts 2, 42 through 47. I'm going to read that to you. And when I'm reading it, I want you to imagine what the first church looked like, felt like, what the people were like. And then we're going to flesh that out, what that looks like for us. So verse 42, Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet in, their t in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those they were being saved. So this is a picture of the very first church. This is what churches are supposed to look like. If you're a church that you say you want to be a Christian church, which means you're placing yourself under the headship of Jesus, this is what the church is supposed to look like. It's the ideal. Now what we've done is we've kind of boiled those down 
to four values that we look at. When we look at that passage, we find four things. It's not the only things the church does, but they're four primary things that we saw the church do in that passage. And I'm going to go through those today. Those are gather, grow, give, go. And that's why you see that in the statement. This is who we are. Grace is a gathering of families who are growing to be like Jesus, giving their lives away by going into the world to share his love. So you don't have to memorize that. There's no test. But you will hear and see all the time these words, gather, grow, give, go. And there's blurs between these values, and there's times that they're very succinct. Because one of the things I've learned about uh, values inside the church is they overlap at times. So for instance, you're in a gathering today. My hope is that you're going to meet Jesus in a fresh way. If you do meet him in a fresh way, I guarantee you're going to grow. And if you're really growing, you, won't, you can't help to wait to want to give him away to other people as you go and you share his love. So you'll see overlap always in values, but it helps us to structure the church. And so what I want to do is I want to show you how the church is structured, what happened last year, and what we are believing God will do this year. Because we don't speak for God, we make guesses. If I'm just blunt with you, and then when God corrects us and tells us we're stupid, we change our plans. We do that all the time. So here's the first thing, okay? Gathering. So let me just talk about gathering before we jump into the, the habits that help with it. So a couple things we did last year in sermons. You may not remember these. We did a message called I Am Group. And during that message series, we talked about why it's so important to be connected to other people in group. And you'll see in a second when I give you some numbers, it was a very successful series. Then we walk through, every summer we try to walk through the book of the Bible, we walk through the book of Hebrews, which our church as a gathering learned that Jesus is greater, greater than our struggles, greater than our finances, he's greater in every way, and that book shows us that. Then in the fall, we talked about engagement. We tried to engage people and re-engage them post-COVID. And that to really be a part of Jesus's body, you have to be engaged with the body. There's a whole mindset out there that says, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm good. But you can't be a good Christian and not be engaged with the body of Jesus. That's a reality that we learned in that series, and it was something that did a lot. Now, what did God do through all these things? Well, he actually grew our fellowship, believe it or not. He grew us by two people, technically. <laughs> so last year, our average attendance was about 138. This year, it was 136. Last year, it was 138. Now, let me tell you what happened inside of that. You had a, a 54 people as a church body visit this church for the very first time. I want you to think about that for a second. 54 people that had never been to this church visited for the first time just last year in a year when we're still dealing with the whole post-COVID thing. That's pretty amazing to me. As a church body, you saw 14 people be baptized and follow in a relationship with Jesus to say that's the first priority. We want to let everybody know that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and they declared that through baptism. You had 19 people that said, I believe so much in the mission and the vision of what God is doing in this church and this body. 19 of you said, I'm going to join in covenant partnership, otherwise known as membership, but in partnership. These are some of the things that happen. It amazes me when I look at these and just kind of boil them down. I'm going to give you a few more of these but, and boil them down as we get into the values. But it blows me away when I stop and reflect on these because it shows me what God did. Did you know since we started our journey seven years ago, church family, I don't know if you know this, when you add all those up, you've seen over 80, 89 people baptized in seven years. You've seen 465 people as a first-time guest walk through the doors of this church. 465 You've seen over 200 people join in covenant partnership and membership 
as a church in seven years. These are phenomenal numbers when you stop and you pause and think that we're a normal, average-sized church for the United States. So God's been blessing the gathering of this church. There's no doubt that he's been doing a wonderful and miraculous work. Now, there's a couple things that also happened before I get into the, the values as far as the personal ones. We also planted a church last year, officially at the very beginning of this year, but we started that process. And that's a part of a new gathering where we're putting it closer to where people live. There was a new direction with online ministry. Some of you have caught that. So I know the church went ape with everybody's online and it's great. We had to back away from that. Here's why we had to back away from that. This is something to reflect on. One reason we had to back away is we didn't have a leader to run it. And we came under a new understanding as a church family, which was healthy, which is no leader, no ministry. And so we started saying we're going to focus on the things that God has given us leaders to do and not on the things just because they're hip or they're vogue or they're the things that everybody wants as a consumer. And one of the things that we realized when we started making this shift on the online ministry, you, you may or may not realize, this may have impacted you, reflect on this for a second, is a lot of people would log into online and they would consume content. And they were missing the reality that you cannot be a part of a New Testament church like Jesus' church unless you actually connect physically with people and give your life to them and allow them to give their life to you. So by, here's, this is why this is so important. So the Spirit of God, what he did was he said, I'm not going to give you a leader. And I got mad at God. I'm like, I like online ministry. There's some cool things about this, God. And God said, yeah, I'm not going to give you a leader. And that principle of godliness of no leader, no ministry is one of the ways that we see the spirit of God at work and we respond to it and try not to force something through on God, but we respond to what God is doing. Now, if God gives us a leader with a passion for that area, by golly, we'll move forward with that. Until then, we'll just keep posting our messages within 15 or 20 minutes of the close of this, right, Kevin? Online. Now, where is he going in 2023 on just the gatherings? I believe that he's got some new series with us. One of the new directions I think that he wants us to go in is he wants us to come to the understanding church family that we live under this understanding that if I just tweak this part of my life or I'll just tweak this part of my life and I'll just tweak this side and then this side, then my life will be good. You ever been there? Like if I can just fix this, then everything else will be right. And what I've learned, and I believe that God wants to teach us the very first sermon series we're going to do this year, which starts next Sunday, is every once in a while what you and I need to do is we need to just wipe everything off the table. And we need to take a moment of prayer and reflection and we have to rebuild. So the first series we're going to do this year is rebuild and we're going to rebuild our spiritual lives solely based on the person and character and movements of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at his life and reflect upon it. And you're going to see he lived with a different rhythm than we live. He lived with different priorities than we have. He had a whole different way of living that if we can adopt his way of living, we probably will not be overstressed, overfinanced, and overburdened all the time. But it's not going to be because you take a tweak. It's going to be because we rebuild. So we're going to start that on 115. Um, I've got a special guest I'm bringing to speak at the church on 319. You'll mark that down. You don't want to miss that week. Michael Crawford is a friend of ours. He is the president of our two-state convention. And what I want to tell you about that is not trying to impress you with Michael's resume, but Michael's probably one of the most gifted preachers I've ever heard. He is sought after nationally to speak. And Michael's the guy that was helping us plant Mardella and wants to see our church continue to be involved in church planting. So I'm sure he'll bring us a gospel, good news-centered message on the 19th. Can't wait to see what's going on. And then we're going to walk through the book of Daniel as a church 
over the summer, right after Easter. We're going to walk. If you've never read the book of Daniel, we're going to read that together. We're going to walk through it as a message series. So those are some of the things. And we're going to continue to encourage and strengthen Mardella and figure out how that partnership works. For those of you that have been asking, you're like, how do I become a member of this church? A lot of you have been asking that. How do I join a covenant partnership? Well, on the 22nd of this month, we'll have another class called Gathering with Grace. It'll be right after church at 1 o'clock. And if you're wanting to know really what it means to be a part of this church, that's the class where we sit down and we have a conversation. And it's not just me preaching, but it goes back and forth. So mark that. It's on your bulletins and your calendar. Now, when you take that class and you learn about our gathering, you're going to learn there's two things that we expect of every person that becomes a part of this gathering. And those two things are very simple. The first one's a hang time. In the class that you take and in the nature and the character of this church, one of the things that you're going to hear a lot is that we believe you got to be hanging out with God daily if you're going to grow in your relationship with God. That involves your prayer life increasing and your reading of Scripture increasing not only in depth but in quality. And so that's something we're going to continue to do is invest in that. One of my favorite things, if you haven't figured it out, is the YouVersion Bible app. And if you haven't gotten it yet, get it, find me, friend me. Uh, we've even got a URL so you can like your own church. But why is this app important? Because what we do is when we do a devotion together, I get to see your comments, you get to see my comments, you get to see your friends' comments, you get to see other people in the church's comments on their prayer time and on Scripture. And I don't know how it's affected you, but last year and going forward, this encourages me. Sometimes I go, can't believe they posted that, but that's a different problem, all right? But I look at it and I go, I feel more connected when I hang out not only with God, but with you through the U version. We want to continue to flourish and promote that. Also want to continue to build the foundation on your prayer life and how we can learn to pray more. And you're going to see that in some of the other areas of our values as we walk through them. We've created that church profile to make it easier for you to find us. I also want to help you build accountable relationships. Accountable relationships. If you're like me, and you're probably like me because I'm a human being, I always have these great goals spiritually, have these great goals physically. I have all these things I want to do. I think God wants me to do in my life that would be healthy for me and good for me. And every year I start them and guess what happens? Yep, you too. Okay, so here's the reality though. When you build accountable relationships with people that also want to grow spiritually, and you meet with them weekly, and you build a real relationship with those people, you will start to grow because they'll call you on your own stuff. You met someone like that that does it in a loving way, in a Christian way? They challenge you. And as they challenge you and you build these accountable relationships, you begin to grow. Now, here's what happened. In 2021, just under 60% of you were engaged in some type of accountable group. In 2020, this blew me away, 84% of you were engaged in an accountable group. Why? Because we made an emphasis of it, church family. What did we do as the first series? Growing, right? We talked about that whole idea of group. And as we talked about that, many of you took that to heart and you got involved. There's over 20 groups now meeting this church, over 116 people connected in some level of accountable relationship. And when they get together in some form or fashion, they discuss three things, don't they, church family? What three things in some way come up? Win, word, and wrestle. Now, some people have said to me, you say whistle. Is it whistle while you work? Okay. So John's group is win, <laughs> win, word, wrestle, and whistle. So if you're not a whistler, don't go to his group. So, but here's the reality 
uh, one of the things that we were talking about as pastors is people said, that's very gimmicky. We're like, yeah, I don't know if you've realized this, but as people, we need something memorable. We need something gimmicky. So that when you do get together, I don't know if your group has been like this. So I've seen groups get so on the heavy side of just study, they never get real with life. I've seen other groups get so real with just sharing their life, they never get real with the word. So what this does for our leaders and our groups and our people is it helps us to think, what's one good thing God did in my life this week that I can share with other people? As I'm doing my quiet time, what's one thing God shared with me in his word? I got to share that with other people. What's one thing that's really getting me down that somebody has to pray with me and wrestle with me over this issue? So what we started to talk about as a, uh, as a leadership team, as a pastoral team with your pastors is we're realizing that while God, God not only gave this to us, he didn't give it to us just for groups. We're learning it's actually something that's more of the DNA of the people of our church. Because you can do this with people in the grocery line. You can do this with your family. You can do this in so many places as you engage people in conversation on those three areas of Because I don't know about you, but in the world we live in, I think people need to hear that God is good and God's still at work. That's a win. I don't know about you, but people want to know that you're real. Have you noticed that? That you're authentic. That you're transparent. That's when you wrestle. And I don't know about you, but I want to know the wisdom of God is something that's kind of in the word of God and not just in a talking head. Are you there yet? I've gotten there. I want to hear it from the word of God. And so one of the things that we were praying about was he needed a new leader. And so we finally believe God gave us a new leader for the area of growth, for the area of our growth groups. And so that leader stepped forward. I asked him, he prayed about it. He's like, yeah, it scares me to death, but I think God may be calling me to this. I'm like, that's my perfect kind of leader. Doesn't want it, doesn't want to be noticed, doesn't want to be recognized, but says, I think God's calling me this, holy crap. And I'm like, that's my guy. And that guy's Tony Werner. And so next week, y'all will get to vote whether you want Tony as the guy to represent you in the area of growth and growth groups. And the way we discovered Tony was he started doing men's ministry. And the more he wanted to do men's ministry, he said, I think it should be deeper. I think it should have greater quality. I think these guys should be less shallow. (laughs) And so everything he was saying was, they need to grow, 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 grow. I said, Tony, it sounds like your heart's more about growth and it's just for men. I know you got a heart for men's ministry. He said, yeah. And I said, well, the church has been desiring someone to keep that focus, to be thinking only about that. And so Tony's going to do that. This is a, we'll, we'll vote on him next Sunday right after church. I'll send out a written notice for that for you. But as a church, if you know about our family, if you're a member of the church, we get to vote on who represents us or who doesn't represent us in those areas of leadership. So we'll do that. We also want to give you greater support as we work with Tony as a new leader in the habits. I want to see the habits of the faith. You've heard it too, hang time and accountability, that they would grow and build within the groups that you have. Tony has a heart to meet with you every other month if you're a leader of a growth group. And I have the same heart to equip you so you can better engage with the people that you're connecting with. We're going to do that over breakfast. He also, and I love this about his heart, he feels like at least once a month, the church growth group leaders should gather for prayer to know what's going on and what to pray over our groups. And so he's going to start doing that possibly. I don't want to tilt his hand too much. He's thinking third, third Tuesday evenings, he wants to get together, but he can change that. He's the leader, assuming y'all vote him in next Sunday. So those are the two things that we're seeing that God did and the things that we're hoping he's going to do next year. In the area of growth, we want people to understand that growth happens with Bible study. So let me talk about growth in general just for a second, and then I'll talk about the Bible study component with it. You can forward it if you want. I know I'm skipping all over. I always should say a prayer for the AV team, right? There you go, growing, and you can give me Bible study. 
So one of the things that we did to help people grow that were gathered in groups, and you may not know this, is we put an entire library right out there in the first room when you walk in on the right. And so we've been trying to connect people to that library of different things that will help them. The other thing that we've done is we wrote a class to help people how to study the Bible. Some of you have taken that class. It's called Growing with Grace. Now, we had 32 people that walked through that class last year. Pretty amazing. And of the 32 that walked through, they were engaged in Bible reading and going deeper with their faith because now they feel like they understand the Bible. We're going to continue to offer that class. I think it's probably the best class we've ever done that helps people how to understand how to read the Bible and engage with the Bible. So if you haven't taken that class, that's a class when you see it come up, you are going to want to take. In 2023, we want to give greater connection and equipping to those that are leading Bible studies and leading groups. We're going to do that through the new leader that God's brought us. We're going to do it through that monthly breakfast that we talk to every other month monthly breakfast. We're going to talk about engaging you with better material and equipping you so you know how to access it. We're talking about how to actually learn from one another through networking. That's why we have the breakfast. And we want to build greater connection from group to group so that you can do greater ministry together. So the other part of that is greater promotion. Sometimes people say, I don't know how to get to a group and I don't know how to launch a group. And one of the things I want you to know is the best groups I've ever seen are not groups you join. Those are good groups, by the way. But the best groups I've ever seen are usually groups that you launch with people you know and you love and you have a relationship with. And so one of the things we want to see in the next year is to equip you to better launch groups on your own and connect with people. We're going to have a men's retreat again this year. It's February 24th and 25th. It's on the back of your bulletin, how you can sign up. One of the unique things about helping people grow in this area of just men's ministry is um, this this, uh, year's retreat is local. So you don't have to go a few hours away. It's right in Ocean City, Maryland. It's in partnership with a church that's right here. It's going to make it less expensive. If people can't afford it, they can actually commute back and forth each day. Or we have book rooms down Ocean City that you can actually stay if you're a guy and hang out with some other dudes down there. Or if you want, you can go do your own Airbnb or whatever you want to do. But it's going to be great. I've been told that the speaker is phenomenal. He connects really well, especially with younger men. And so if you've got someone in your life that you want to connect, that's the right retreat. It'll be good for us. It's on our Facebook now, and I'll send out an email with it later. I also know that our women's ministry is growing. Thank you, Barbara. And so they're meeting today, right? So they're going to meet today, and that ministry is growing to help women get together for the sake of growth and connection, because ladies tend to do it better than guys do a connection. Like, we need something to do, right, guys? we got to shoot something, kill something, or build something, and then we can get to get along. So ladies can just talk. So anyway, if you want to be a part of that, it's right after church today. You can talk to Barbara. She's right here. I also know in talking to Heather, she's praying with her team right now about the women's retreat. Will they have it? When will they have it? What will change about it? And I know that that's typically in the fall. More to come on that and its connection with the women's ministry. But one of the things I want to say big time is just thank you all for all that you've done in the area of growth in this area because you've done a lot. You've done a lot. Um, part of growing is the idea of giving as well. And so I want to talk to you about giving. And giving, what we think of giving, so you know, we think of giving as three things, right, church? Giving's not just money, giving is time, talent, and treasure. And when you look at the life of Jesus and you look at the life of the first church, they gave all three. They also didn't barter with them. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone says, well, I'll give my time, but I won't give my treasure. Can't tell you how many times I've talked to people say, I'll give my treasure, but I won't give my time. Jesus wants us to be healthy in all three areas and giving in such a way that we see it as integral. And so one of the things that we know about service is it's integral to the life of being a Christian. 
I don't know if you've read this passage, but Jesus said that he came to what? To serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He said he didn't come to be served, but to serve. You cannot be a healthy believer and not serve and give your life to other people. Otherwise, you're a a, a believer disconnected from the heart of who Jesus is. So it's integral. Now, here's what's interesting. In 2021, 61% of you engaged in a ministry somewhere. Last year, 67% of you did. So it increased. Not by a lot, but it did increase. Many of you engaged in other areas of ministry, and I'm proud to see that it went larger last year. There's 15 different ministry groups in this church alone. AV, worship, children, students. You start going through, there's a card ministry you may or may not know about. There's 15 different groups of ways to engage. And if you want to engage, all you do is ask, tell me a place based on my time that I can engage. I guarantee I can find a place and our leaders can find a place where you can engage and give your time. And that's not even counting community partnerships that allow us to reach out. So one of the things I want to say is just thank you for those of you that served last year because you made a huge impact and difference on the life of this church. Moving forward, I want to change our mindset as a church on this. Not only that service is integral, but there's something that's happened inside the American church that's not healthy. Let me tell you what it is. Some people within the American church look at the pastor as like the chief CEO, that they run the organization and they've got a leadership body and administrative body below them. And then we're supposed to facilitate in some way the organization for you. That's a business model. But that's not a biblical model. A biblical model is God gave you pastors and teachers based on Ephesians 4 to equip you as the saints of God's church for the work of ministry based on Ephesians chapter 4. So what does that mean? It means that I want our church to move not only in serving, but in their mindset of why they serve. You don't serve for my attention. You don't serve for my praise. You don't serve so I'll notice. You don't serve so your friend notices. You serve out of love and an audience for one. That when you serve, the only person you want to be noticed by is the Lord Jesus himself. Do you know why that's true? Because when you serve in such a way, the scriptures say it's credited to you, not here, but where? In heaven. So so one of the things I want to do in 2023 is work to help our people develop that mindset. Because let me tell you why that's important. I'm not going to notice you one day. I don't know if you figured that out yet. I'm going to overlook you one day. I might even forget your name. I mean, I forget my own children's names sometimes. Are you all there? Have you ever called your kid's name the same as the dog? Been there, done it, okay? Or the dog's name, the kid's name, okay? I've done that. We're fallible people with fallible brains, you should not look to fallible people for praise. You should look to the infallible one for praise. And so going forward, I want to make sure our church begins to develop that attitude. Why? Because while I will fail you, Christ never will. He'll be the one that says, thank you. And when you get to heaven one day and you've done all these things in integral service, he'll say what to you? Well, good That's the praise we live for, not not the pastors, not the leadership. That's the only praise you need. I want to make sure our church begins to cultivate that because then you're never let down. By the way, that's why I changed this from inspired service to integral service. 
Because you probably won't be inspired to serve. I don't know how many people are inspired to pick up trash on the floor. But they know it's integral to the life of the body, right? So that's one of the reasons why we change this word if you're around when we change the word as a part of our church. So that's how we understand giving. Again, thank you. The other thing we want to do is advance treasuring the kingdom. That's the other habit. Now, if you notice, these are spelling habits for you to make it easier to remember the habits that grow the church and grow the person within the church. So as a giving entity, we want people to treasure the kingdom. You are a generous church. How generous are you? Now, what I do is, um, some of you may or may not know this, so I always forget what I've told people. That's part of another problem with ADHD. Um, I do not look at your giving. So in case you're new here and you give to support this ministry, I don't go snooping. I don't either, Siri. Um, So I I don't look at your giving. I don't sit around the office and go, wonder what so-and-so gave. I don't run a list and go, who are the biggest givers in the church so I can make them happy? I don't do that. Why do I do that? Because I'm fallible. It'll screw me up as a pastor. I know it will. But what I do is I do measure the overall giving of the church. And one of the metrics I use, and we meet with a finance team that's really good at this, if you're interested in being on that team. But what I do is I just say, what's the overall generosity of the church? So I look at, what did you give to Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, of giving, missions, local, disaster relief, and I just put it all in one big bucket. And every year I say, is the church more generous or are they less generous? as a mark of, are we becoming more generous with our treasure as a church? Now, um, in 2021, here's what y'all gave to everything, every ministry, every shape and form, not just to the general fund of the church. You gave $397,000 overall in 2021. In 2022, this church gave $456,000 away to advance the kingdom of Jesus. That's amazing to me. Y'all did this in the midst of a downturn. You did this in the midst of an economy that's unsure. You did this on the, on the heels of COVID. When I look at that, I'm like, gosh, there are some generous hearted people, not only with their time, but certainly with their treasure and talent. And what blew me away is, again, I want to give you the total stat. This might mess you up. But in seven years... This church, in advancing the kingdom of Christ, you have given $2.5 million to this community and kingdom. That's amazing to me in seven years' time. So again, this isn't something I did. This is something that the Spirit of God has done in you as you responded to the habits that build faith. And what I love about this one is it's one of those areas that just, you know, helps you to think differently. Um, 17 of you took a pilot class last year called Giving with Grace. And what I love about the 17 of you that took the pilot class, which is where we help people understand time, talent, and treasure, is you critique the class. And this year in February, it'll be on your bulletin whenever it comes out. I'm going to do the class again. Those of you that take it for the second class benefit from the wisdom of the first team that went through because they told me some of the stuff that I did was knuckleheaded. And I changed it. So I improved it so that it'll actually connect better with our people. So I'm so grateful to the people that took that. God's leading them for 2023. I want to see giving with grace not only offered, but I want it to help our people in the area of stewardship. Our people are overdrawn, under-resourced, in debt, and without time. I hear it all the time. 
the overarching picture I get when I talk to many people in our, in our culture, in our cities, in our towns, is like they feel like their nose is just above water and they're waiting on the one thing that'll sink them. Whether it's a financial situation, the loss of a job, or they just can't control their time, they feel so oversaturated, they're just stressed and anxious all the time. And so one of the things I want to do with this class and this year is make sure that we set it up to build better stewardship for you so you can can live the way Jesus wants you to live. I want to see people value the kingdom in light of eternity. So, So think about this. If you value the kingdom in light of eternity, what will you do one day if you stand before the living Jesus? And you can say, thank you, you saved me. Because if he saved you, you should be thankful, right? But what will you do? if you can't tell him one way that you've really served his kingdom. I don't want any of you to be in that situation in eternity. I want you to be able to say, here's how I advanced your kingdom. Here's how I moved with you in partnership. Because then you get, you get to hear, well done, good and faithful servants. I don't want anybody to hear that. I want people to see debt differently in light of the kingdom. I want you to look at debt as something I want to get rid of. Every piece of debt that I can get rid of so that when God shows up with a surprise and says, do this, give to this, go to this mission, you can say, I can do that. Why? Because I don't have debt chaining me down and I can say yes to God. I want people to be able to increase their stewardship in the area of time. Can't tell you how many people said, I'd love to do that, love to show up to church, love to go on that mission trip, love that, but I just don't have time. And I love for people to learn to have margin in their life. So not only they're not stressed, but that they can move in the right place. And that might require us not letting our kids run our lives, but God run our lives. Those are some of the things that we're going to do in the coming year so that people can say yes to God. And then the last value that we have is going, is going. So what going means for us is that you and I go and we share the good news of who Jesus is. That's what it means to be a part of a living, breathing, gospel-centered church. We had 15 missions teams. Where's my boy Donald? Donald, there were two mission teams. I don't know where they are because they never put their stuff in our database system. So there's two more probably added to that. So there's probably 17 mission teams all together in 2022. Um, let me give you some stats so then I can introduce you to Donald if you haven't met him. Uh, 54% in 2021 of you engaged in a mission team. Last year, because the focus shifted to actually include more local missions, I want you to hear this. You went from 54% of you engaged to 75% of you engaged in a mission. That's a huge leap as a church. How did it happen? We focused locally on the needs here first to help people build a missional heart. Then when they had a missional heart, they were willing to do regional. And when they went regional, then they had the option of going international. Now, I'd love to tell you that I was a smart person that came up with that model, but it precedes me by this guy named Jesus as he cultured and taught his church because he told them this great commission, begin in Jerusalem, Jerusalem. then go to, then to, then to. So I didn't give that model. That's just biblical. So what does that mean? So Jerusalem means your own daggone hometown. That's what that means. Interpretation. Okay. Judea, the area. Samaria, the people you don't like or get along with or understand. A different culture or people group that you're like, I need to understand that culture, but it scares me a little. That's Samaria. And they don't like you either. That's usually the way it goes, okay? That's Baltimore for y'all if you ain't figured it out yet. Okay? Even if you're an Orioles fan. Yeah. 
<laughs> By the way, if, if y'all were around when Governor Schaefer was in office in Maryland, you know what he thinks of the shore, right? The outhouse of what? Yeah, okay, so, so it's reciprocal. But that means in our missional thinking, we got to do missions there because that's how our heart gets changed. And then to the ends of the earth. And we want to do that. We've actually got a um, church local trip coming up for you in Baltimore, in the heart of Baltimore, with a church that's one of the most impoverished churches. It's a new church plant in the middle of the city. Yes, that's Samaria, daggone it, okay? Y'all can get your burger cookies and your uh, Old Bay while you're there, all right? Or J-O if you want to get more. But anyway, that's ADHD, shoot that squirrel, as Seth says. So what happened within that year? I want to give you a number that's so important. So when you're in a church, if you want to know how evangelistic a church is, how good a church is at sharing the good news of who Jesus is, there's something we call an attendance to baptism ratio. In other words, how many attenders did it take to see one person baptized? Your ratio church family was 10 to 1. So for every 10 people sitting in the seats... We got to see one person baptized. It's actually a very good baptism to attender ratio. And one of the things I want to see going forward is that our attender to baptism ratio would stay steady. I'm going to lose that because I think, I think we could actually improve it so that we could share the gospel more with our families and our friends. To help us to do that, we know we needed a new leader. We needed someone that was fresh, with fresh perspective, and was a little bit imbalanced and crazy. So y'all elected him last two weeks. That was Donald Milan. He's sitting back there in the back. All missions guys sit in the back or in the foyer. I don't know what it is. Okay. Something about y'all. Yeah. But if you want to connect with him, he'll be at that Gather Grow desk. And one of the things that we've talked about is we're going to do gemstones again. Gemstonesprom.com. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up. It's already going. It's started. We'll do Riverfest again. We've got a Puerto Rico trip happening in March, one potentially happening in June. We've got a third Saturday projects is something that Donald's looking over and redoing. He's got a missions meeting coming up. If you're interested in missions, where you can connect with him and talk about other missions opportunities that you're thinking about, where it might impact your community. And then um, I'm going to actually build a new class this year for you. And it's called Going with Grace. And I'll have that built by the end of the year. When I build this class to help you, this class will teach you how to share the good news. Not that you just invite someone to church and I'll share the good news, but you will be equipped to know how to share the good news where you are in your business, in your work, in your family, in your community. You will feel equipped to know how to do that in such a way that as you meet people who are desperate for a life change, you will be equipped to meet that life change where they are. Why is this important? Did you notice in Acts it said, every day what happened? The Lord added to their number, those being saved. You can't do that if the only way people get introduced to Jesus is they get invited here. You can't do that if our growth groups are the place that people get invited. It has to be a viral movement based on the excitement of the Spirit of God in you, where when you're going all over the daggone place that you go, you're sharing the gospel everywhere that you go. One of the things I'm still waiting for, it's happened a couple times here, but I want to see it happen in a, in a bigger way. I love it when people show up and they say, Pastor, this is my friend, fill in the blank. I just introduced him to Jesus last week, but they ain't been baptized. Can we take care of that? I'm like, yep, we can do it. And you're going to be in the baptistry with them. Because our tradition is when you introduce someone to Jesus and you invest your life in them, you're the one that gets in the waters of baptism with them. One of the dreams I have for every one of you in this room every single one of you, is that you would be in that baptistry this year. That you'd have one friend, one family member 
Somebody that you know, if they met Jesus, that their life would radically change. And then you're the one that's there with them in the waters of baptism, seeing the symbology of the death of their old life and the burial of it and the resurrection of the new life because of what Christ did in you. That's what going with grace means. It means to go and take the gospel. And so I want to write that class in such a way to equip you to make it better for you. So 2023's focus is this church family. It's to expand the kingdom first in you. That's what the habits are. In you and in me. So that then we can greater share it with other people. Because once you've experienced the kingdom in you, you can't wait to share it with other people. So I wanted to first expand in you. So here's some next steps as we consider uh, moving in the next thing. I'm going to ask Chris if he would come up. I didn't tell him I was going to do this and do some cool stuff on the keys. Can you do that? I know you can. You can use the organ if you want. It's up to you. Just don't, just don't blow me out, okay? <laughs> he can play both, by the way. But I just want to give you a moment to meditate as we move into uh, the Lord's table in a second in the areas of gathering, growing, giving, and going. Uh, maybe as you heard today's message of where we've been and where we're going, you realize something that I realized for several of you. There's a lot of people last year and the past few years that they took the class, gathered with grace, you know what it meant to be a part of the local church, but you refused to sign the covenant to move into partnership. So one of the things I was thinking about as I was praying over this is maybe the Lord's calling you to sign that covenant. Maybe he's calling you to that place where you actually join a covenant partnership because I believe that covenant partnership is the place where God grows us. We promise a way to live with God. God promises a way to live with us. And he's the one that creates covenant partnerships. So some of you, that's it. Some of you might just be taking the class again on the 22nd. Maybe you're not taking it. And you should. For others, it's getting in a group. Let me tell you how easy it is to get a group. If you don't know how to get a group, you talk to Tony who's getting up over there. You talk to me. We launch groups all the time. We can help you find a group, but I can also launch a group with you and your friends. And you only got to do a daily quiet time and then discuss those three things that we'll help you discuss. I believe you need that accountability. If you're not in a group, it's something you should be thinking about. Maybe in your group, it's time to become more authentic and transparent. It's one thing to attend a group, right? It's another thing to really begin to confess and share real stuff because you trust the people that are there. For some of you, you need to give of your time, your talent, your treasure. And there's an area there that needs to be tweaked for you. You know, you're the only ones that can know it before the Spirit of God as He speaks to you. And you need to adjust in the following year so you can be healthier in the area of giving so you can give like Jesus. And for some of you, it's going. It's engaging in a local mission, a regional mission, an international mission, a disaster relief mission. I guarantee there's a place that you need to engage. And I guarantee, as I share with some of you today, that you should be in that baptistry with somebody that maybe someone came to your mind and you need to get in the process of praying over that person and asking God to give you the honor of sharing your life with them and the good news. So what is the good news? Well, we're getting ready to move into that. Here's the good news. And Jesus was so passionate about the good news, he gave us a living symbol that he said to do often in remembrance of him. I'll ask our deacons and leaders to come forward. Here's the good news. 